All right, so fuck yes. Welcome to After the Hype. I'm your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty. Here. Chewy Darso. Hello. And Emily Lake. Hi. Special guest today is Graham T. Mason. Hello. Yeah. Yay. I, I was determined to get through that one without fucking up. There's only little flubs in there, but I did so by looking away from everyone the whole time. <laughs> if I look at everyone, I'll fuck up because I'll start laughing. You could come back in the room now, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully this radio production is brought to you by. Yeah, little did you know, Brian's only two feet tall. That's why his little baby footsteps came running into the room. <laughs> I'm here. Let's talk about an R-rated movie. <laughs> Brian's now standing on the table. This is exciting stuff. Uh, okay, let's do a quick where have you been doing. Uh, I apologize for this episode coming out late, I should say earlier, uh, because I died last week. Or at least it felt like I was dying. Um, so we did not record. So we're doing two today, and this one will come out as soon as humanly possible, which matters to you not at all because you're listening to it now. Um, but yeah, so a quick where have you been doing. I will go first. I have been playing uh, what I immediately assume is the best game of last year. It is fucking incredible, and I am more obsessed with it than I've been with a game since about the first Mass Effect. I've been playing Persona 5. Nice. I was warned before getting into it that it is a very long game, somewhere around 90 to 100 hours. Uh, and I was like, well, I'll probably just like play it in spurts because I also got PSVR and I have like Resident Evil 7, which is awesome. And like a lot of other games that are really, really cool. Chewie also got me this Battlezone game, which basically feels like you're mm-hmm. playing Tron and it's really fucking cool. Oh, that is cool. And there's just so many awesome things. But then I'm like, ah, oh, but I'm letting my high school friends down. Like, I need to go save the day with them. And I get this weird, guilty feeling that I need to go back to Persona 5. And it's just, it's a weird problem to have. But I'm loving the shit out of this game. Sounds like a game I need to get. Like, it's uh, it's just a pretty typical, like, JRPG. But it's your half your time. They say about 40% of your time is spent not fighting. And you're just being a high school student. And you're managing, like, your friends' relationships and, like, your jobs. And, like, it's just... The most mundane thing ever, but like I find myself getting like super into it in a way I haven't before, and it's I don't know how else to describe it, but it is very very fun. It's awesome. The design is great, and uh, you don't have to have like the current gen consoles to play it. If you only have like a PS3 from back in the day, it's on that too because it's not like very technically like demanding. It's just long. Um, it looks like a blocky anime, so it doesn't need yeah. that good of an engine. Yeah. And like every now and then there's cutscenes which are fully drawn anime, which is really cool. Oh, that's really cool. And they're very pretty. Um, but yeah, I've never gotten to the Persona series. It's been around for like 20 years, and I've never given it a shot because it just didn't really... I just thought the idea of playing a high school student sounded really boring. And then I played it. <laughs> been like, there, done that. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, I'm in my 30s. I don't really need to be a high school student. Turns out I do. And it's really fun. And Turns I have. Turns out being in high school is cooler when you fight demons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way better when you fight demons. It's also cooler when like, you have a better sense of self. And so you're not yeah. drawn into the socio political. And I have a talking school. cat as a best friend. So okay, that's pretty well, cool, too. Yeah. You didn't have a talking cat in high school? No, was Sabrina I supposed to? Sabrina did. Yeah, Sabrina did. Oh, I'm not Sabrina. <laughs> I'm the two-year-old Brian, thank you very much. Oh. No, two feet tall. Two feet tall, sorry. You're still 30 years old. You're being ridiculous. <laughs> he just keeps running Don't around on ridiculous. the table. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me. John, what about you? Uh, so over Christmas, I got No Man's Sky, the uh, much divisive game about space exploration and just solitude and... Uh, existential dread and loneliness and i was like this is perfect um (laughs) it's funny playing this game because i've played played it after a bunch of huge updates so i have i don't have a lot of context for the complaints people had but just to put it in perspective everything people complained about in that game i've loved in this game like it's vast it's procedurally generated you just explore and you gather materials and you just explore a galaxy in a cool spaceship and occasionally have a you know a dog fight with some pirates and stuff like that I was like, this is cool. It's a very, it's also relaxing in a way that the reviews I don't think gave it justice. Uh, well, the reviews were also coming from a place of they paid like $150 for a Kickstarter game that yeah. they waited hundreds of years for, it felt like, and then it yeah. came out and it was a decent game, yeah. not the and, end all be all of gaming. Right. And that's, that's kind of the thing. It's like coming at it much later has kind of made it better, I think. Sure. Out, outside of that hype. But the music is kind of synthy and relaxing. So even if like I'm being chased by a creature I just identified who's suddenly attacking me, or like robots are like you've mined too many resources, you are now in trouble by like robot police. Hmm. It's like those little things are kind of couched in this relaxing space exploration game, and uh, it's really fun. I can't put it down. That's good. Have you played Elite Dangerous though? 
I have not. Okay. But that, I, but anytime someone has talked about No Man's Sky, I've seen someone pop in and talk about Elite Dangerous. So I'm like, I, I felt I had to. <laughs> You're continuing the tradition. <laughs> Elite Dangerous at least has VR, which is pretty cool. Yeah. One interesting thing uh, is that with the alien creatures you encounter, you don't understand the languages by default. They can teach you their language, and you learn words at a time, and then as it kind of comes across, you kind of get context for what they're saying. So there's this vibe of like, okay, he's pointing at me in a weird, aggressive way. I think he maybe wants to buy something or sell something. Like, you kind of have that little bit of, you're not really sure about it. And but he could cool. be like, stop mining my my resources, and you'd be like, here's a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> and th- there's been a few times where I've done that, and it's like, then I'll get a little notice. Like, your standing has decreased with this alien race. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> I guess he didn't want my money. <laughs> Fried chicken? <laughs> no. Uh, Chewy, what about you? Well, it's been a little while, so I'll talk about two things really fast. Well, we have two episodes today. Oh. Well, right now, I guess I'll talk about Grim. <laughs> uh, Wait, Graham? Grim. Grim. Oh. No one ever. It's one of those shows that I adored and no one else watched. I know some other people watched it because it got six seasons. But and it got a series finale, which a lot yeah. of us don't. Yeah. And it was a fantastic finale. Uh, not as good as House. It's hard to get to that level, but, you know. Um, I just started rewatching it because I needed something to rewatch again uh, late night when I'm laying the girls out that I didn't really need to pay too much attention to. And it's just, it's fun to go back. And since I never restarted it before, it's actually kind of mind-blowing to be like, this is where they all were at the beginning. They're... Their characters at the end of Grimm are so different by the end of Grimm, or from the beginning of Grimm to the end. It's so different. Like, it's hard to say without, if you have any interest in watching the show, it can't spoil anything, but there's love interests in the beginning that are enemies at the end, and enemies at the beginning that are love interests at the end. And it's just, it's like so many characters flip, their motivations flip, their purpose in life flips, and it's just, it's one of those shows where it's like, if you get a chance to rewatch, if, you, if you've never watched it, it's great to watch it now because you can binge it. It is Monster of the Week, but it I didn't even really realize it. They have a hint to the very end of the series in the first episode. Hmm. And nice. I was just like, I didn't know they had this whole plan. Hmm? This is better than Lost. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Did the air just get really cold in here? Yes, it did. Someone threw some shade. Uh, because it's lost. They didn't know what they were doing for the longest time. Blasphemy. <laughs> What's that ticking noise? Um, and so, yeah, it just makes me sad again that the show's done, but it got a good ending, so it's better than a lot of shows get. Uh, and I thought you were about cast- to say Lost again. I'm like, what the fuck? And the cast <laughs> is great. It's a male protagonist, but there's lots of female supportives, and then there's lots of minority supportives as well. So it's got a great cast and all these things. A lot of character actors that I really enjoy are on it. Um, Reggie Lee and Silas Weir. Oh, what's his name? Silas Weir Michelle are two of the biggest character actors that I've always enjoyed. Uh, and they were main characters in this show, which they hardly ever get. So I, I highly recommend checking it out if you've never seen Grimm. And it's also uh, from some of the producers of Buffy. So that's one of the reasons it was oh, so good. Go. Yeah, that, that helps a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, what about you? Uh, I've had a huge gap in my geek knowledge for a while, and I've never seen... Uh, 24 hours ago, I'd never seen Rick and Morty. Not one episode. Ooh. I know. And so yesterday, my boyfriend brought up mind-altering drugs, <laughs> and we watched all of seasons one, two, and half of season three. Wow. So in the last 24 hours, I suddenly went from never having seen Rick and Morty to having seen most of Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, I love binge-watching culture. What was fun is it's one of his favorite shows, so he would periodically stop and give me trivia. Um, <laughs> uh, like, and he's like, between seasons two and three, he was like, wait, okay, I just need you to understand. I waited a year and a half to see this episode. <laughs> like, and here we go five minutes later. A year um, and a half. Try Venture Brothers, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, but, um, right. But also watching it while high, uh, holy fuck. <laughs> like just, uh, that's some crazy shit. That show was designed to be watched uh, while your brain is being uh, messed with. Uh, it is, but it was really fun. And what was fun is knowing it's so part of the geek lexicon now is like watching certain things come up on screen and going, oh, I understand that t-shirt now. <laughs> you know, like the whole way through and, and, and the Szechuan sauce thing. And, uh, was you your know. roommate part of the riots? 
Uh, no. <laughs> he didn't no. go to McDonald's and no he did things. not but my boyfriend was like he did try to go uh, in the afternoon and he was just like someone texted he was like I'm gonna go to McDonald's and get some Szechuan sauce and they were like no they're already out and then he went and on the riots. internet and there's riots fucking nerds it, obviously somebody at McDonald's was like oh here's a cool thing nerds buy stuff right oh my god do not wade into those waters unless yeah. you have a guide that is dangerous. Don't don't I enjoyed, don't tease nerds, man. I enjoyed reading about that entire Fucking thing. Crazy, like y'all yeah. ain't got shit to worry about other than Szechuan sauce. But if you watch the episode now, I kind of get it because he makes a big fucking meal about it. I, I need to say, you just came up with a billion dollar idea of nerd sherpas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm McDonald's. I'm your nerd sherpa. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go wade into these waters. Yeah. <laughs> I that's, you, uh, Brian, that's amazing. I need you to edit that out so we can take that idea. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know what though. Um, Man, Nerpa. <laughs> I would like to do an episode where we just talk about Rick and Morty, what it means, and what people think it means, and yeah. what Dan Harmon oh, says it actually. We could bring means. back Brian and see yeah. if we're right. Because oh, a lot, there's a lot of things that the nerd culture yeah. like attaches itself to. Dan Harmon will come out the next day going, "No, that's not what that is. You're all idiots." <laughs> but like you can hear, I, I don't know. Like uh, there was that one episode where half the cast of Farscape is on it, and it's really feminist. And I was like, I don't understand the plot that's happening in front of me right now. But I'm gonna come back and watch this later when I'm not fucked up. Because uh, I was like, I think this will be my favorite episode. And um, but there's man, he really has some dad issues that he's working through that I did pick up on. Um, yep. So, yeah, I was like, I like, I don't. Is his dad the creator of Marmaduke? Because okay, I don't think there, so. There was a line where he really went after the creator of Marmaduke really hard, and Maybe then, he just hates Marmaduke. And I was just yeah. like, and I was that's, like, man, is that his dad? Have or you something? read Marmaduke? <laughs> yeah, he just does not like that kind of dog. Read all of it, and I hate every single. <laughs> Shade. I just I haven't gotten through the trades yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did talk to the guy who worked on the Marmaduke live action movie. I forgot there. I forgot the dog, that exists. He yeah. got the dogs from Russia. Oh, cool. All right, trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I love Russian dogs. Yeah. Uh, Graham, what about you? Where have you been doing? We all um, <laughs> watching lots of Doctor Who. Ooh. Yeah. So I was watching Doctor Who in the shower today. Okay. Uh, okay. How? Uh, I've started doing that recently. I just bring my phone in and just stream it while leaving my phone up where water doesn't hit it. I can't wait for him to drop not the phone in the shower and get really mad. Already happened twice. Let's <laughs> oh, see, his, his is not an iPhone, so the water won't affect it. Yeah, I'm good. I got a water-resistant phone. Damn right. Team Android. And the iPhones are now, too. But yeah, hey. It took them long enough. Oh, yeah. You, Apple's a little behind the game. Uh, <laughs> wait, they are? Which one? Uh, since the 7. 7, 8, and 10. Oh. Wait, I have the 7. Yeah. Anyhow, Doctor how have we been liking Doctor Who? Anywho, uh, <laughs> I liked it. Um, so I'm on season 10, which we haven't started yet. The last episode I just watched was The Husbands of River Song, which was actually... Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, really cool episode. Um, you just kinda, got out of one of my favorite seasons. I love Nine. It's good. <laughs> I love Nine. Um, I'm not the biggest Capaldi fan. I did love the, um, uh, the confession dial. Um, yeah, heaven episode heaven that was sent, or is that Hellbent or Heaven Sent? Believe both. Sent Heaven Sent yeah. isn't Hellbent the the one after that? Fu- yeah, yeah. Hellbent is the the finale. The finale. Yeah. No. You not liking Peter Capaldi as much is totally Moffat's fault. So, <laughs> yeah. so you said you still have season ten left. <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Yeah, ten ten's yeah. probably his worst season. Yeah. Cool. It's like the thing. Like for me, because I'm going through it again. Like I just got to season six, and the decline in quality from five to six is like astounding and i didn't notice it when i waited a year between the two seasons right but going from like the end of five straight into six i'm like whoa yeah moffat really stopped caring and went full-on sherlock yeah because sherlock was great then so yeah danielle's been watching was catching up on matt smith and i was like okay "Okay, well while she's doing that i'll rewatch tenet yeah and go through that and then we'll then meet up again at capaldi and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing like, but it is cool going from Tenet to Capaldi because there are callbacks to Missy, you know, the master, yeah. and all that stuff, and it, which she had forgotten. She's like, wait, who is this person? You're like, well, actually, I just watched that episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's still good. I mean, it's Doctor Who. So it's, you know, in general, the, you know, air quotes, quality is kind of the same. You're like, oh, well, this is completely absurd. But at least I'm entertained for yeah. the moment. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I mean, Tenet was amazing, but watching Capaldi, I do miss Matt Smith a lot. See, I didn't like the, 
I throughout all of eight, I was right there with you because I did not like season eight at all. But when I got to nine, I'm like, no, I like that they're finally giving him like his own yeah thing, and he had his own what he character. Was. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. better. It's just he is the best in nine. Season nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I just didn't okay. like it because it generally always felt like Moffat didn't want to let go of Matt Smith, so he didn't yeah. know how to write for Capaldi for a long time. <laughs> that's yeah. That's apparent. and then he finally figured it out, and then <coughs> Capaldi's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they all consistently either have three or. Four seasons each. Well, that's uh, that's a more recent thing. Like uh, Tom Baker is on for fucking ever. Well, I mean, yeah, in this new. Yeah, yeah, they all do about three. Yeah, well, except for one who did one. Poor guy. Mm. Poor guy. Yes, I loved Eccleston. Yeah, but that was his choice. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Eccleston yeah. is probably he's my favorite. Just, like refuses like, to. He's like, yep, I got what I wanted. Bye. I'll say poor situation. Then. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. upsetting. Uh, okay, so I think we should talk Dunkirk. <laughs> Everyone excited? Everyone loves Dunkirk. I love Dunkirk. Yeah, I was but about to it say, is, is it uh, not a considered it, enjoyable. It is not. Uh, not we'll get into there. it. Yeah. That is a thing not, that you can definitely talk about whether or not the movie is actually enjoyable to watch. Oh yeah, people. Uh, there are some fiery haters of this really? movie out there. Oh yeah. And we'll get into why. And I, right. I can see their point of view while disagreeing with it. Um, but first and foremost, uh, I didn't do any of the numbers on this one because it felt totally pointless. It's a Nolan movie. It was successful because mm. all of his are. Yeah. Uh, which is great because he's a huge film buff and he actually like puts time and effort in all of his movies. And I like that people appreciate that and go see them. It's very nice. Film indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of the film on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Graham, are you ready to do a breakdown for Dunkirk? No. <laughs> No, I am not. I uh, was not very nice to Graham this time, and I did not tell him he was doing this. Uh, He should have known, right? Right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Graham giving us Dunkirk in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. So surprisingly, we start in Dunkirk, France. Um, Yeah, in May 1940, so during the war, the Germans have sufficiently cut off uh, the ties of the Allied troops and are pushing them closer and closer towards the ocean and air bombing and air raiding and killing approximately, well, there's 40,000 troops that are actually trapped up there. <laughs> that's that's 30 seconds. You're, uh, you're doing we're great. We're following a bunch of people, and yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, terrible. There you go. 30 seconds. It's not the pl- that's the setting. Yeah. You just got to the setting. I would but say- you know. <laughs> but you know. I would say that was a failure, but it, a I valiant mean- effort <laughs> at setting up a movie. And then now you should see the movie. Yeah. So now you know what uh, what happens. It is one of our least spoilery episodes on our YouTube channel. <laughs> Uh, okay, so starting out with this thing, uh, it's it's a tough one for me to like because usually like I think a good entry point in a movie <coughs> is characters, but this movie really goes thin on the characters. Um, so that's kind of what I want to talk about in the beginning of why I think that's okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, personally, I like that this movie went for more of I'm going to show you an experience than I'm going to show you a story. Because it still kind of tells a story, but it's very thin. I mean, it's very, like, if you know history, you know, oh, yeah, the people from England came over and got them on boats. And that's really just what they're waiting for. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's really the experience of a, a day. I mean, in the movie. Well, depending on which, yeah, which one it, you're following. Right. In the movie, we cover, I think it's a week, a day, and then an hour. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's not really, you know, like, yeah, the story, if you know history, it's like, well, that's that's it. But yeah. we want the experience of being it. And I think, yeah, that having that as the goal is definitely the real experience of this thing. Like, actually seeing this film is... Like, for me, this movie is a better movie about emotions than In-N-Out was. <laughs> yeah. like the- In-N-Out oh was cute and a lot of fun mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But when I watch this movie, I really feel things. Like You're there. My, oh, like, yeah. all those sensations of fear of isolation, fear of no one caring fear of being left behind all those fears that a lot of times you feel in your daily life and they're just totally nonsensical in your daily life but everyone still kind of has them and in this movie that is that these are all the emotions these people are experiencing they're trying to hold on to hope and it's actually quite difficult (laughs) 
I also think like the whole fact that it's not particularly character based. I mean, because in England, this is a story everybody knows. This is like a yeah. rallying, yeah. like, yay, mm. we did this thing together as a community. And so this movie is a, is about that. It's about England. It's about people coming together to like teamwork, you know, and us all as a nation. So I think yeah. British people probably see this movie slightly differently than American I'm people sure because do. it's such a like vital part of their history now. Were we even in the war yet? No. no. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that specifically is I have one friend who was born in England and he moved over here pretty young, like 16, 17. He's in his 40s now. Um, and he was talking about like, this is like a story you're brought up with. Like everyone knows this in England and this movie does not show the part that all the people in England like to talk about very well. Mm. Like the thing that they're all obsessed with is the civilians going to get the soldiers. And that's really kind of a blip in this movie. Like we get the, that's one of the three stories. It's one of the three stories, but it's just one boat. There was thousands of boats that went like, I mean, and they showed them showing up. Sure. Yeah. But it's like, that was what people loved about it. They didn't really like, not that they didn't care about their story. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the happy part of the story. I think Nolan wanted to do the desperation part of the story. And I I think that's totally valid, but I, I just, I think there's a, there's something to be said about like with the story like the people wanted to see at least the english people that i know i don't know all of them uh wanted to see was like the, i wanted to see the the towns the people like i'm gonna get my boat out of storage and bring it to the docks and launch it just so that i can go across and get them like there's a lot of that stuff that they're really proud of that we didn't see Yeah, there were people who brought yeah. over boats that could only hold like four people yeah exactly and they still went all the way that would be a ron not... howard movie just yeah <laughs> this is a christopher nolan movie yeah. so we're gonna go with the brooding side yeah, yeah and i i but i I love this movie for that, but I think there is something to be said. Like, I don't think the people yeah. who wanted that part of the story are wrong. I just don't think this was the movie for them. Just yeah. wait for the sequel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dunkirk 2. Dunkirk. Done with it. There's still like that, a robo. It's behind. a Clint Eastwood movie, like when he did Iwo Jima yeah. and yeah. the other one. Okay, those yeah. movies are very good. Though. I haven't seen either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I love that this movie just went full experience over story because yeah. you get the story through the experience, but like, especially if you're lucky enough to live in a city where it's playing on 70 millimeter and you're able to see like this thing with like the great sound design and everything like the specifically for me, the moment where, uh, the French soldier is dying, like, cause he's staying low to keep trying to plug up the ship. The, uh, the quick story on that, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, cause Graham's breakdown, although wonderful, didn't quite get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they basically they find a sh- uh, ship that's been beached because the tide was so low and like well we can just wait out the tide it'll come up and the ship will launch and we'll get to freedom but while they're doing that Germans show up and start doing target practice on the boat just punching holes all through the bottom of it which means it won't float and there is a soldier who is from France who's trying to get out early with the English and as they figure that out they basically say they're going to toss him because the boat will be too heavy with the water and all the people and, and they just... want him to take the bullets away with the Germans exactly yeah so his reply is like, I'll plug up the ship and he swims down as it's sinking to keep plugging it up. And he's one of the only ones who actually dies in that boat trying yeah. to save everybody. He wants like, to prove his worth. Exactly. And like watching that and this like immersive, like you can't look anywhere else, super loud, just unbelievable theater experience was like fucking heart wrenching. And you also like invested in that guy, despite yeah. the fact that he had no dialogue except for like one line at the end. Yeah. It's, it, you really felt for him. Also, just sweet they like cast, yeah. <laughs> they cast the most French looking dude on the planet too. Yeah. When they're like, he's a German. I was like, look at his fucking face. Yeah, he's not German. He is so I'm French. Sorry. Oh my God. And there's he's so basically many, basically holding a bagel. In <laughs> <laughs> there's bagel. so many like, uh, soggy bagel. Now. <laughs> True. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But like, there's so many movie sites like I think he actually was a German spy. I'm like, dude, he just he's like reeks French. I know. <laughs> That's one thing is none of the characters have a lot of dialogue. The most dialogue happens on the civilian boat. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that the people complain to me about is they feel like they can't connect to any of the characters because of the lack of dialogue. And I'm like, huh? you're not supposed to connect for me, you're not supposed to connect to the character, you're supposed to connect to the situation. I agree. Well, uh, depending I, on the movie, but this one I would agree. Yeah. But I think you connect with the character. I don't think you need dialogue to connect with There's the character. There's a lot of people I mean, that do. But they're, they're dumb. <laughs> Especially in, said out loud. in other Christopher Nolan movies, which is why Brian and I are critical, but also love Christopher Nolan, because he usually has True. characters True. that True. won't shut up. True. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's Bane, feeling Bane sad. despite never being able to see it, his face, who says does not stop feeling? talking. That makes well, me feel angry. <laughs> this movie is interesting because it's doing, <laughs> it's doing the same thing that he does in all his movies with his, like, paper thin characters so you can't really connect to and then just taking the dialogue part out so he's getting rid of the, the bullshit 
Well, yeah. I, mean, I don't I think, think all of his characters are paper strong. thin, but you're cl- yeah. He's got he got rid yeah. of all the bullshit, which I loved about this movie. I like yeah, I mean, the the problem is Nolan for me always has the problem of he likes to tell and not show while showing what he's telling, and it gets all very the shows mm, in this yeah. movie. And uh, this is all show, and like it, it just it reaffirms for me that he is one of the greatest guys working today to show a movie. Like yeah. like when it comes to just putting working parts together and getting a story on screen, he does it better than almost anybody yeah. else that they're working today. Like it's just so. Like it's just so investing. Like you're just you're into it with these people, and it's like especially like I, I don't even remember their names because you don't really need to. But like there's the soldiers. Do they even say any of their names? Yeah, they do throughout. Like I know one of them was Alex, but I don't remember which one. One of them uh, is from One Direction, but <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah. Hey, you're uh, the guy from One Direction, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hold this gun, Harry Styles. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you're gonna love this movie. It goes he, in One Direction. He actually got more dialogue than the rest of them. He did, and he wasn't bad. I thought yeah. she did a pretty good job. Um. But yeah, that's what I like the I love what he did with this movie because I think he did he he proved me wrong in a lot of ways of what like a lot of my criticisms have been throughout the years of like cuz I always like I've gotten so used to watching his movies where I'm like all right, so I like it for a Nolan movie. It's gorgeous and it's great and it's all mm-hmm. these things, but I just get really kind of bogged down with all like the needless explanation. And this movie just proved to me he's like no, he just does that cuz apparently he wants to, but he can tell the story without it. I yeah. don't think he proved anything to me with this. I think he finally did what I wanted him to do. Oh, <laughs> Guys, I, I confess, I don't think Nolan's ever made a bad film. So I, I don't think he's made a bad no, film either. he's never made a bad film. But never. There's, no. there's a part of every one of his much. movies yeah. where I'm just like, shut up. And then Particularly don't think in Inception. Yeah. <laughs> like you, oh, no. you can take Ellen Page out of Inception and it really doesn't change. You can take a lot of out of Inception. But no, like that's the thing. Inception is the perfect movie. Shut up. Oh. No, it's not. She's just wow. there going, Shut why up. is this happening, Leo? Give we're, me an explanation. Yeah, we're not going down yeah. the Inception <laughs> rabbit hole. There's just too much to... Too many Inceptions. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, I think it speaks... For this movie, I think it speaks to the credit of all of the quality actors, especially yeah. Tom Hardy, having to act Again. through only his eyes <laughs> yeah. through the entire movie. It's, I didn't realize He's that was so Tom good. Hardy until he started talking yeah. through the mask. And I was like, Talking like all Bane. right, I know what Tom Hardy sounds like in a mask on. So. Well, it, it was basically Bane, World War II Bane. <laughs> I also like, I merely adopted the plane. It would be kind of fun for Tom Hardy to... The beach to, is yours. Could, can Tom Hardy flip it? And then in the next uh, X-Men movie, he plays Cyclops. So now he has to do all that with his mouth instead that'd of be, his eyes. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Gonna, flip it, Tom. You're going to find it maybe underwhelming. Well, yeah. <laughs> he, can't, he just can't act with his mouth. <laughs> That's his limit. That is his limit. He just can't do it. Um, I Speaking of the, the plane scenes, though, that was I kept marveling at the set. Because I watched it in a screening... Uh, with the Q&A, and Nolan was there, and Kenneth Branagh was there, and uh, the producer, the woman, I forget her oh, name. Oh, his wife. Uh, is yeah. that his wife? Yeah. Um, well, they were all there, and yet, I, uh, guys, I wish I could remember what they actually said. I don't remember, <laughs> I like, anything they the talked. No, I was listening. <laughs> that sounds it's like most just, Q&A. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, th- I was, there was food and champagne, and I was uh, just, like, yes. really fucking focused on that. Um, champagne. But, uh... Yeah, um, but uh, I saw it in the Q and A, and then I saw the screener when it came to our apartment. And, I'm a um, Thomas, by the way. And it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, so seeing it for the second time, I was able to pay more attention to the like actual f- skill in the filmmaking, and it's just mm. amazing to watch like those flight scenes. They're obviously using real light, and I and I mm-hmm. and and they the actually light... got those planes up too, which is oh, awesome. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's what I was wondering about, like how they did it because the light changes regularly mm-hmm. depending on cloud cover and it was just a lot of a lot of people wouldn't have taken such good care i mean they must have a really sharp gaffer and the dp just did phenomenal work on They're lighting those also those, shooting it imax 65 that the dp is, is well Hoyt <laughs> if i can say that correctly what do you mean yeah yeah you can actually say it. I'll write mm-hmm. it fast. Oh, nice. Wow. It's almost like he pays attention to who DPs are. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into why I brought Graham specifically on this episode a little while later. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, mean, like, I mean, the cinematography of this movie is incredible. I mean, the, like you were saying, the attention to detail, the, yeah. you know, and how they actually tried to get the camera in these tight spots with a, a camera that's bigger than most people um is mm-hmm. is just incredible and truly astonishing to tell the story right to yeah. put you in the moment to put you in the experience of what it's like right and like yeah when you're in the cockpit with tom hardy you're 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 there you're flying it you're twisting it around especially when you see it in imax just huge screen it's just like it's 
If you don't, if your stomach doesn't move while watching those scenes, I mean, I think it's it's just part of the reason why, like, for me, the stomach didn't move is because I watched it at home instead of the theater (laughs) on your phone. (laughs) It's so weird. You can't watch this at home and get the same like visual oomph. Or when you're going home for the holidays and you're going through the movies on the chair in front of you and you see Dunkirk and you're like, isn't this weird to watch Dunkirk while on a plane? <laughs> <laughs> like, that just seems inappropriate on more than one level. But, I mean, it's fine as a passenger, but when you're the pilot watching it, it's yeah. <laughs> a little scary. So but this is how I land. My, my question for... Yeah, I was glad it did. Go ahead. For the cinematography, there was really the plane moments for you. The main moment that really got me where I was the moment that I got really invested in this film. before Because the music caught me really fast. Mm. But for visuals, early on when they're first getting to the beach and the first uh, planes coming down to shoot them, and then suddenly you're on the ground with the quote-unquote main character in the sand and you're seeing the bombs come at him. Oh, my God. And you see the person next to him blow into the air and then you see all the sand land on the camera and all that. I'm like, oh, God, how did anyone survive this? (laughs) It's just horrifying. And they do it so well. Like, it's like... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to say like I don't I don't want to play like the better than game because like it's I don't think it's about that but it, like, it put me in like the same sort of mood that like Saving Private Ryan did where it's like but that one it felt more cinematic like it's very sweeping and like Private it wants, Ryan's great but it's more sensational than yeah it totally exactly. yeah it, it almost like glorifies war in like a way like not in a way that like feels like like insincere or like greedy or anything like that but it, like it just kind of it's more like an action movie well the saving private ryan version of this has the head and like the body parts coming back down exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. And, and like it rained like it would be raining like it's it would be so over the top yeah, exactly and go for lot. gore it went for emotion and i, I love a that nolan steady cam yeah and I, I love that nolan did that on this one like I, I there was an interview with him at some point when the rating came out that it was pg-13 and like well it's an r like it's a war movie why would this one be pg-13 like people died there and his reply was like, I think we've seen enough violent war movies. And it's like, that's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I would also say Saving Private Ryan was about sacrifice and and the horrors of war, whereas Dunkirk is a story about like teamwork coming together yeah. and hope. Survival. Yeah. Survival, yeah. Well, yeah, like Saving Private, Saving Private Ryan is kind of like a horror film, and this is a survival yeah. film. This one actually has like a moment of triumph, which we didn't really get in almost any World War II movies because there wasn't a lot of triumphant yeah. moments. Yeah. Like there's very few, but like... I didn't when, feel that much triumph because at the end... Are of you the, kidding? Like when the... 330,000 people were with, saved. At, near the end, but at the very end... At the very end, no, of no, the no, movie, not I the very like, end. You guys are all just about to go right back. I'm sorry. Yeah, but not the. I'm not even talking about the very end. I'm talking about the moment with Kenneth Branagh on the oh, on the yeah. dock, and he's like, "Oh, what are these boats?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's the British." Like it's just like wonderful, like the swell of the music yeah. and everything. Like, holy shit, we're actually getting saved. Like it's fucking perfect. Yeah. Like it Kenneth was so Branagh's good. Kenneth face in that moment. It's oh. so good. It's like, oh, the Branagh. Oh, he's so <laughs> like his character. His character was so like subtle, but like so like noble, so noble French, so, so British, British. So British. <laughs> like the the line where it's just, like, "Good thing you're not a navy man, then." You know, like, and then when it's like private, you don't want to stay here. I know we're officers, but come along. You know, it's so like, oh yeah. You just expect him at some point, like I just need a bloody cup of tea. <laughs> but, like, let's talk about for just really fast. I'm going to complain about. Okay, so how did all these people not understand tides? I know Google didn't come around for another like deck or hundred years. Their army. Uh, but <laughs> you think the, the tide? They don't need to. They you live think on the an tide island. Comes in every three hours. No. I don't, I don't know when the tide comes yeah, in. I don't in know Another either. country. I do now. I know it has something to do with the yeah, moon. Another. That's all I got. It, I thought it came in every twelve, but according to, in the movie, I think they said it actually comes in every six. But for some reason, the soldiers See? kept thinking it came in every know. three, and I definitely knew well, that's, that was wrong. We know how that happens when somebody gives you a wrong piece of information, and it just fucking spreads, yeah. and then everybody's like, oh, this is right. Yeah. Someone said it was How could right. that possibly happen No, today? I heard it from Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, retweet. Retweet. <laughs> especially it's three. It's three, everybody. Especially when Jim is your colonel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, he said effing three, yeah. so it's three. Yeah. <laughs> 
there was something we were kind of almost touching on a moment ago that I want to jump back to, and is when we were talking about cinematography and seeing this thing in theaters, uh-huh. and then John seeing it at home. I wonder if this movie will have the same sort of effect that, say, uh, Gravity did. Whereas Gravity, I, I, mm. I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. I thought it was an amazing ride and impeccably well made. Mm. But when it came to just watching, I'm like, I enjoyed it the one time. I don't really need to go back to it. Whereas like is, Dunkirk, I've gone to a few times now. But I wonder. It's my that's the exact reaction I had to this. It's like, is it? I'll never yeah. come back. I'll never watch Dunkirk again because I'm like, it's fine. But if I'd seen it in the theater, I probably might have seen it again. Like, yeah. But yeah. as, as of now, looking- I'm just like, it was a it was a fine movie. Keep well looking made. at art house theaters to see if they play it in 70. And if, when it happens, go and see it because it's an incredible experience. Yeah. But I totally get it because, yeah. Like, yeah, if you see it on the small screen, it's a big screen movie. You're not going to get it. It's, to- it's, it's like every Nolan movie, in my opinion. Like, they're, Nolan movies yeah. are meant to be seen in theaters. Like, I mean, that's even, what... even any of the Batmans. You know? oh, totally, yeah. I really liked it. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the screen. I mean, again, the first time I saw it, it was on the big screen, but I actually didn't, I didn't mind the screen or something. I didn't much. either. I've watched it. I Twice think, now. I watched it once for when we were going to record last week, then I watched it again this week just yeah. so I'd have a little bit fresh in my mind. So first time I watched it on my lovely TV, and then I watched it a second time on my laptop. And I think because I had that initial experience, exactly. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can still kind of put myself in the headspace. But I don't think if I did, I would like it as much. I think that's why when people are watching it now, they're like, it's just kind of boring. I'm like, mm. well, you're watching it, it the wrong so way. It is so much better. Yeah. You're doing theater. it wrong. Well, and I have yeah, to, I have to adjust wrong. that slightly just because World War II movies tend to like fall way lower on the interest scale for me. So I'm already <laughs> sure. kind of like... Oh, Dunkirk. I'll see it on video. Like, it's a World War II movie. Actually, but that's one of the reasons why I like this movie, again, is because it is set in World War II, but they don't really harp on that too much. Mm-mm. No, I it's mean... the beginning. Yeah, but it's like... I had a discussion with somebody at work about this one that I, I thought it was... He's like, yeah, I liked it, but you know, I think other World War II movies are better. I'm like, I, I'm not... It's get- not really about the war. Because you yeah, never see them. You yeah. never see the Nazis. Yeah, There's no bad guys. No, like, it's... I'm like, yeah, but it... It tells a World War II story so much different than everything I've ever seen that like it kind of moves it up the ranks for me. Just I like it that much more. Oh, and to it, talk about ranks really fast. <laughs> when I was doing uh, the box office mojo, Ooh. this is rated as number three in the top 100 World War II movies. Wow. Really? And you know who it knocked out of its number three spot? Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> That's odd. Yeah. When you look at that list, you're like, that was the top World War II movie? I kind of forget that that's World War II movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, but no, I guess it was. He said he's going to punch Hitler in the face. So. World War II movies. Yeah, that's interesting. And the only thing ones that are above it was Saving Private Ryan, of course. And I forgot the other one, actually. I'm surprised Captain America was that high. That's yeah. So was I. Well, are we just talking about profit? Because that would make The profit, then that makes sense. Yeah. If it's box office mojo, it would be profit, not Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually do love that you you don't ever see bad guys in this movie even yeah. in like well you a, do at the very end when they uh you never when see they capture faces. no you don't really see faces yeah. but when they capture tom hardy you actually see some germans yeah. but that's about yeah. it but you yeah. see the planes obviously in the yeah. bombers and stuff yeah. yes yeah it never... doesn't feel like a, a presence there's no like, the antagonist the threat, is always off screen which is the, the incredible thing about the, the story of Gun- dunkirk anyways you're like well where where are they why are they not coming you're like no they they've basically won this battle yeah like, mm-hmm. they're just sitting here like, they don't need to fire at us right now. The Germans were winning for a long just, time. Yeah. yeah. They just need to wait for a couple bombs to drop, and then 400,000 British and French troops are dead. Yeah. Like, if they. Yeah. They're, they're, they, that was they're, it. Their plan would have won had the civilians not gone, we'll go get them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was a I game mean, of the patience. the failure to scramble the Luftwaffe sooner and not take advantage of the tanks, but. Yeah. They could have wiped everybody out if they'd oh, been yeah. faster. Yeah. But it and was that, a game of patience. And the, I mean, and I think. The understanding of that, of the actual battle, was just them just waiting it out. Uh, talks to, you know, Christopher Nolan's understanding of that and just the actual pace of the movie is just the patience of this thing. And yeah. like that shot that you were talking about where it's just one static shot just watching the yeah, bombs come down. Whereas any other cinematographer or any other, you know, person st- telling that story would be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Dolly. It's going to be steady cam, We're going to be running around through it. You know, people are going to be running away, all this stuff. But in this movie, it's just static, just patient, just waiting for it. And when you have that patience just to stay with a shot, it's incredibly impactful. And, I, I mean, it's, it speaks to the credit of this movie, and I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's, a, that's one of my major things with this movie is that every Nolan, every single Nolan movie that's ever come out, I walk out going, that was a very good movie. Here are my complaints. <laughs> this one I came out with, that was a very good movie. I only have one complaint and I thought he just, it just, it felt now you can lash back at me if you want to, but we had this whole movie where he just showed the perfect amount of restraint where 
he just let all of his like all of his like good qualities just fucking go nuts and just made the most incredible movie I've ever seen him make. And then he goes full Nolan with this voiceover thing at the end of all oh. this love and emotion and was like, whoa, this feels like a different movie. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, now that you mention it, I'm like, no wonder I kind of left being like, uh, okay, diminished because he, yeah, yeah, he, like, he kind of let himself go, and I was like, Aw. yeah, the whole him reading the newspaper at the I end, I'm like, it. it was fine, it was fine, and then it just got way too heavy handed. Like it just it went just a smidge too long. That's interesting because the um, that is one thing I do remember from the Q and A is they were talking about originally the scene was supposed to end or the movie was supposed to end on Tom Hardy in front of the plane. Yes. Good ending. Said Very good they, ending. Yeah. When they shot that scene of him reading the newspaper, they got a cut of his face and they just were in love with the face he made after he finished reading the newspaper mm. and decided they wanted to go back to that and they added that on as the mm. end. Okay. okay, for that explanation, I can agree with him because the performance was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The kid, yeah. the guy reading it did such a good job. Yeah. I just I just don't like the, it just, it felt almost too sincere. The, yeah. the only complaint I had after seeing it the first time isn't really even much of a complaint. It was just my own brain trying to figure it out. This is not a linear film. No, not at Time all. Time-wise, uh, it's place. all over the place because they're telling the same... They're telling two days? Is it two days or three? Week. So it's a, it's a week, it's a, a day, week? and an hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because all the stories are happening at the same time, but you're getting them at different moments in different Which times. Is yeah. Such a carefully threaded needle. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. The, biggest... the first time I didn't get it at all. Yeah. The second time, I think that is the biggest thing that hooked me in that. Yeah. With, if it had just been linear, this I would have actually been more vocal and made like this is a dumb movie. Because the time that really got me when I first watched it that I was just confused at first mm-hmm. was, um, I'm forgetting his name now. Oh, uh, which one? Tom Hardy? From, no, from ba- the other one from Batman. Michael Caine? No. Michael uh, Caine's not in oh, this movie. Yes, he uh, is. Cillian Murphy. Michael Caine is totally in this movie. Where's Michael Caine? He's the, he's the first pilot that goes down. How do you not recognize Michael Caine's That's voice Michael immediately? Caine? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, Michael oh, okay. Caine is the pilot who goes down. He's... I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scarecrow. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Because you first Cillian. see him. Killian. Killian. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Silly Killian. Whatever. You spell his name with silly, a K if you want someone to pronounce Killian it correctly. <laughs> he is Irish. You Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Lynn Murphy. <laughs> you first see him sitting on top of a sunk ship. And yeah. the civilians save mm. him. And he's one of my favorite in this movie because honestly, of all the movies I've seen of shell-shocked soldiers... His was the most affecting to me that I've really seen. Because a lot of times they're just kind of like they don't talk or they're mm. just overly violent. And he was somewhere in the middle where it was just sad. And so you get that. And then 15, 20 minutes later, you see the night before, two nights before, where he's like happy and calm and helping soldiers get out yeah. of the water and saying, we're all going to be okay. And, and it's such a point, shift. Yeah. And pushing the point that the the civilian was like no we need to go back to the yeah. shore yeah. And, and he's like, like reassuring I, everybody whereas... I his character's like i already did that once i yeah. don't want to do it again yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, so that's where i was just because i didn't realize the first viewing that it was a non-linear storytelling and then that I, moment i was like wait well we're playing with time a little bit i don't remember when it, i think i picked up on it it was not around it was somewhere around the same moment where like either we had seen tom hardy fly over that sunk ship once and then he had already been gotten off the boat. We could see him on the boat, but there's something like that that they really play their card or they show their cards when it's really with Tom Hardy flying over and then mm-hmm. seeing when other people notice him fly yeah. over is when mm-hmm. I kind of picked up mm-hmm. on the, the time playing. I think I was... they use that as like cutting points of like, yeah. all right, so here's your moment. So you, now you can kind of like readdress like, oh, okay, so that's okay, that's where we are. Right? I, yeah, I once loved... this movie engaged my editor brain, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, there oh. we go. Oh, all right, I, yeah. I loved the I loved how they used that with the pilot going down and, yeah. and initially you see him wave. And Tom Hardy's like, okay, bye. And you're like, oh, cool, he's fine. And yeah. then you later on find out he was not fucking fine <laughs> oh, at no. all. He's not even waving, actually. Yeah. He's yeah. trying to break his cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. It was a great use of that time yeah. jump. Yeah. The, I think the, the last thing that I really want to hit on this thing, uh, although there's so much to talk about with this movie, yeah. which is... We didn't really focus on any of the characters yet. No, because yeah. why would we? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the thing that I... And it's leading uh, from the editing and everything is the way this movie swells to... A climax because there really is no climax in this movie so this movie kind of orchestrated one with the oil spill and the fire 
And the way they orchestrate that so well with Tom Hardy overseeing it, with the people on the boat living it, and with uh, the family going to get them. And you can just kind of see like they're all kind of teeing up to the same point. Like you get to the point yeah. where it's about to get on fire. It's about to get on fire, and it's about to get on fire, and then boom, it clicks off. And it's just like, <clears throat> holy shit. And it's just horrifying to watch. Yeah. Like you see like the people like trying to swim under it, and it's just like, good lord. And I've seen that sort of effect done in many movies. Fuck, they did it in Baywatch. Like, like the water on fire is always kind of like a eh, thing. This movie, for I think, in my opinion, the first time showed how truly horrifying it can be. Mm. It's also interesting how underplayed it, it was at the same time because, yeah. like, on the boat, it was like we're gonna save as many people as we can, and then the pilots like go go go, and the the. Uh, boat captain guy is like okay and there's no discussion of like no we have to try to save more people or anything it's like they both understand we do what we could and everybody else is gonna die done i mean there's nothing yeah. else we can do and yeah. gets the fuck out of it's, get the get the few out that you can and yeah. it was like it, they did it very well and it wasn't like it wasn't super like uh like hallmarky like yeah. oh look at these dying soldiers it was just it was very matter of fact just yeah. like we did the best we could. And then he managed to say that one last person, the which one was our guy. Character. Yeah. But like that, yeah, even in that last minute, he's like, no, I can get one more, one more. Yeah. And I loved that whole thing. Like that was even like, that was like Nolan emotion, but done perfectly yeah. of like the, which one is he dragging? I bet it's our guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure ah, it is. <laughs> and it's like, it, it was just awesome. Like, mm. like, it was one of the few movies that I saw in 2017 where at the end of it, I'm like, I just, like, I was so on board for that entire ride. And I just loved the whole thing. Um, and I love that moment where Tom Hardy's like, "No, I'm gonna keep going." You, you like that the oh, whole time yeah. you're like, "He's running out of fuel. He's running yeah. out of fuel." And when you see that plane, you see him go, eh, "Fuck, yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta get the guy." And he has that like was, two was, or three of those moments. Whole, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like, which one? That was the entire movie. <laughs> and he did that all with his eyes, like we said. Yeah. Like, it's so crazy. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that he's just going off to spend time with uh, Hogan's heroes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But no, I think the best one of those is his plane is out of gas and he's literally just gliding, coast, just yeah. gliding. And you see like the other plane going around and then like when he, it goes down and you just see him glide by. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's so I fucking cool. I got one more cool. for you guys. Yeah. Especially since it, in that moment, it's like, oh shit, here comes this plane. Oh, we're fucked. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, no, we're not. Yeah. Hero guy. Yeah. And again, to play with sound. Well, actually, we haven't talked about sound. No, I guess much. we should hit sound before we... <laughs> we should, because that so is also... so good. In, in yeah. that the moment, soundtrack right? is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All of it, yeah. And in that moment, right, the sound drops out, and then you just, you're just you just watching the plane just silently go by, and you're like, oh, God. He's fucked. Yeah. And it's like, a lot of other people would play a heavy score over that, or you know play anything else over it, but no, just waiting, just hearing just light wind go by just again shows the presence of this movie and the patience of just nope just sit and watch this moment and be there experience this moment i wonder if any theaters had to put warnings outside be like just so you know the sound drops for a moment (laughs) dunkirk i think that's more of a star wars problem (laughs) sorry if this bothers you and quick side note how dare anyone complain about one of the greatest moments in all of star wars that movie is incredible and people yeah. are wrong but. uh also did i i don't know if i mentioned this before that somebody in my theater like went sweet when that moment happened <laughs> nice. and ruined it for everyone. nice oh what a bum uh, and another geek geek tagline i like to think that this movie uh ties into agent carter where Colonel Winnant changed his last name and everything and went to America to go hang out as Edwin Jarvis to assist Agent <laughs> Carter in fighting after the war. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew I recognized him from something. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize what until right He's now. He's Jarvis. <laughs> He's going to go help the Avengers become the Avengers Yay. later on. Or Captain Jar- Jack Harkness. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. Yeah. He was the, f- the pilot, and he went down. And he, you know, oh, really? No. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, no, that one actually sounds believable. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. He's British. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there anything else Iron, that, that uh, we haven't really hit on this thing that we feel that we should, or should we move into quotes in the most quotable movie of all time? Mm-hmm. Nope. It did, We're good. It didn't have a really huge Nolan boom. And I really appreciate that's a, that. That's a Hans Zimmer boom. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. <laughs> Hans Zimmer has boomed us to death. Yeah. Boom. Although it was really effective for the first trailers used in. For Inception, that was a great trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was good. Uh, Okay, well, I can go first with quotes. Um, I just had my quote up. Where did it go? I know mine isn't Chewy, so I can just take mine right now. Uh, One of my favorite moments, we were talking earlier about the tide and how nobody understood the tide. And uh, one guy looks at the other guy and goes, well, the tide's turning. The guy goes, how can you tell? The bodies come back. Uh. And it's just like such a bleak... 
but really real moment of yeah if you don't know how tide works that's how you'd figure it out mm-hmm. it's like fuck again speaking to the patients they're like no we've been here for days yeah, yeah that's, that's how we've that's, learned how this works how oh i see what happened um i'll go cool um so we've talked about tom hardy a bunch um and like you said, like just so many moments of him, like, well, I guess I'm just reaffirming I'm going to continue being a badass in this <laughs> battle. Uh, and basically the start of that is when they get their first flyby and he gets uh, struck by a few bullets. He's like, oh, my, you know, my gauge is broken. And you're like, uh, and he calls to his other guy. I don't remember the actual specific lines. He's like, what's your, what's your gauge at? He's like, uh, we're like 50 gallons or whatever. He's like, do you want to turn back? And you're like, nope, I'm pretty confident. It's just the gauge. <laughs> oh my god and he just keeps doing stuff like that it's just incredible i think and that's what's so great is like he realizes like it's either him or thousands and thousands hundreds of thousands of of men so how important is my life compared to that there's also that like the uh very literal moment where he's drawing with a chalk on the Mm -hmm. thing like it's such a very tangible moment like it felt like a real plane. Like, 50 gallons uh, at 1450. All right. Yeah, it was. Well, it was just keep keep updating me, please. Oh, like, could you imagine driving anywhere like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. My favorite quote. Well, there's a lot of good quotes in this movie, so it was kind of hard for me to choose because each each line actually has a real purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but for me, going back to how much I liked Killian Murphy's performance, uh, the the old man on the boat, I guess, Mr. Uh, Dawson. Mr. Dawson. When he's talking to his son, he says, he's shell-shocked, George. He's not himself. He may never be himself again. Mm. Which is true. Yeah. I mean, that's like such a, like, more people need to hear that when they think about PTSD. They're never going to be the person they were before. Yeah. And the kid who played George was fantastic. We didn't talk about him at all, but he was really good. Mm Mm-hmm. We wanted to be useful. I, I still haven't seen Killing a Sacred Deer, but I hear he's great in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. He looks creepy in that movie. He looks uh, nice and innocent in this movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think he and Ezra Miller should hang out. Yeah, I got really. I got. Uh, I spent half of the movie being like, "That's not Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Is this like mini Ezra Miller? <laughs> I don't know their heights, so I... <laughs> so um, maybe tall Ezra Miller. <laughs> Other. Ezra? I, have no com- I have no comparison. No height is the only thing that matters. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I like the quote that. Uh, Commander Bolton says you can practically see it from here. And they're like, mm-hmm. "What home?" And I just like that delivery of the line. Yeah. That that line out of kind of all the other ones that felt more like these are supposed to be important lines. That was a well, understated. There was also a callback to it at the end when the boats yeah. show up. He's like, "What do you see?" And he said, "Home." Yeah, <laughs> it was it was kind of what you were talking about, Brian, earlier. That kind of restraint that no one pulled on this one that did well. Where yeah. it was like yeah. that line versus the kind of the bigger lines. And I always forget how close France and England are to each other. Pretty close. It's still a long journey. It's still hours. I mean, it was... You can see Dover from Calais. You can actually see the... But there's a reason it was world news when somebody swam that channel for the first time. It's it's, really rough waters. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's still... It's close, but not that close. Yeah. Um, Mine is also Mr. Dawson, the boat captain. Um, Killian Murphy comes in and he's just like, you're a kid and you're an old man. You shouldn't be out here. And he says... uh, Mr. Dawson says... Men our age dictate this war. Oh, Why yeah. should we be allowed to send our children to fight it? I love that line. Yeah. The movie had better lines and than I thought he, it did. did they have <laughs> no, I mean, every, lo- every line was so pointed. Yeah. It's like, it's they have quotable. a throwaway line with him, right? Where you find out that his older son died either mm. in earlier oh, yeah. in the war or in the previous war. Uh, I think it was earlier in this war. Yeah. Mm. And that's why he knows so much about planes. Or yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're they're hinting that it's just a very military family. I think they're he was prior prior military as yeah. well. Um, yeah, that was everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so review system for this one. It was very tempting to just go World War Two movies, but I feel like that's a little too on the Captain nose. America. Uh, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm well, gonna go the, with the number two top uh, World War Two oh, movie yes. is sad. It's Pearl Harbor. Oh, oh. Michael Bay brings really? people in, uh, but it's just based off. Profit. Yeah, profit. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is going to be definitely not Pearl Harbor. Uh, <laughs> movies that show don't show more than they tell. Oh. oh. I'm so, I had my World War II movie queued up. I, I figured. That's why I went another way. I'll go. I already got mine. Oh, go for it. Drive. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, that works. Because it was a movie that I didn't 
like Dunkirk, I didn't really know much about it going in. Even with Drive, I honestly didn't have any interest. You kind of made me go. I did. You were in town for like three days. I'm like, no, this is the one we're seeing. Um, Because <laughs> I, I don't know the story of Dunkirk. I didn't know about it before because mm. I'm American. <laughs> so watching it, I was just like, I was entranced to be like, I didn't know what this was. I want more of it. You're, there's so many emotions on your face. Look at your face. You're not even <laughs> seeing anything. This is amazing. Uh, I'm going to go a little different. Uh, I'm going with the French movie, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh. Um, that movie is entirely shown. I still haven't seen that movie. Uh, the first third, you only see a little blip of light around the screen. And you listen to the whole thing like because you're seeing it from his point of view of being in a coma. And it's amazing. Um, but yeah, much like this one, it was just like, I didn't really know what I was sitting down for. And I was like, cause I tried not to watch a single trailer for Dunkirk. I knew vaguely the story from history class, but not really. Cause again, American, um, but diamond bell and the butterfly, all I'd heard is that it does a very good job of showing the movie and not telling the movie, especially for something that is almost entirely a black screen for the first third. And it's like, Oh, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. And Holy fuck. Yeah, it's true. You should really see the Diving Bell and the Butterfly if you haven't seen it. It's very, or drive. Very, very good. Don't or watch, drive. Don't drive. watch Neon Demon. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't, do that. don't watch Drive if you're expecting Fast and the Furious. That's for sure. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you might sue the makers of Drive. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so I'll go with one that's um, connected because of my reaction to it and other people's reaction to it. Uh, Tree of Life, huh. which is, is in of itself a very kind of atmospheric thing. It's more about the experience than it is about the characters and all that. And uh, the reaction of people to it, both negative and positive, are kind of there's like a, a level of divisiveness to it. That's a divisive in our marriage. It, it is. I think oh, really? it's great. I think it's one of the worst movies ever made. I really, I really <laughs> like. <laughs> See, I, I really liked it. So did I. I liked. I it has good. a penis fish in it. There's That's a penis fine. fish. All oh movies my, should have a goddamn I, penis I fish. I find <laughs> all of his work so pretentious and boring. But <laughs> I like Badlands, but that's about it. Mm, um, but yeah, no, the movie is doing the. Excuse me, sorry. The movie is doing the same thing with different elements of that. So, sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go a totally different direction and say Mad Max Fury Road, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, <because> Shocker. <laughs> so, because um, Tom Hardy uh, with his mouth covered part of the movie and having very few lines, and uh, Tom and Hardy needs to do it with his mouth now. <laughs> That's what she but, said. But, oh, <laughs> oh, damn, y'all. Um, just make sure he looks up at you. <laughs> maybe maybe take the Bane mask off. If you're the most effective. emotional fellatio ever. You're merely adopting the fellatio. <laughs> this orgasm is yours. <laughs> oh, God. Take it like you take on the patriarchy. I'm so derailing your review. This is worth it. <laughs> Again, that's, that's this is welcome to my new <laughs> masturbatory fantasy. How many gallons are left? 40? <laughs> oh. My point was, like, scenes where he puts the gun against her back, or, or no, I mean, where he's trying to shoot and she puts the gun on his shoulder, you know, there's nothing oh, yeah. said in that moment. There's oh, a yeah. lot unspoken in their relationship, so there you go. Did you have one? Um, just because you mentioned it earlier, but, again, it's kind of a divisive movie as well, but I'm going to go with Gravity? Okay. Um, yeah. There's a lot of talking into gravity. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and the Arnold Schwarzenegger version of the... That's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, that movie is a wild ride. You know, you're you're in it. You are there, right? Uh, Emmanuel Lebowski was the cinematographer for that. But um yeah, you are experiencing that movie. And granted, there is a lot more characters that you're following in that movie. but Which I is weird because there's only three people in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, three. George Clooney plays two different versions of himself. One's That's... real, one's not. Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the real spoiler is that he is actually two people. <laughs> I, the, the screenplay for that, for Gravity, was just like a crazy read. Like, I was tight butthole the whole time, like, reading it. It was just like, oh, my God. Ah, 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 ah. That's what it was like reading. This for all, like, 30 pages? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, like, yeah. yeah. And for Dunkirk as well. It's like, no, it was, you know, not much story, but you were there. You were invested. As long as you see it in IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't think I'll ever watch Gravity again because I just I don't think I'd like it outside of a movie theater. 
Maybe Whereas, in VR. Maybe check it out in VR. Oh, that'd be incredible. I would throw up. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. yeah. That'd be understandable. Yeah. No, I'd probably, probably die. <laughs> uh, I watched the Dunkirk VR. That is underwhelming. Mm. Um, oh. It's kind of too bad. Um, it's a lot of CG, which just doesn't feel right. Seems very anti-Nolan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So that's Dunkirk. We are done with it. <laughs> we are done with the Kirk. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what day this is, but uh, coming up next, we have uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Well, Release, what? Released on the same weekend as Dunkirk. Uh, is it? Wow. That's just oh. perfect. <laughs> They're so different. They are They're very so different movies. Both pretty. Yeah. They should uh, be a, a, a double feature. Do that and like have everyone have whiplash. Yeah. Creative whiplash. <laughs> Uh, and then the week after that, we are doing our terrible movie battle, Yay! which we are still trying to find our judge for it, because uh, Chewy has to go to work. Go oh to work. no! Um, but on the table for terrible movies, if you want to watch along, <laughs> I don't know why you would. Uh, but we have on YouTube. You can find the eighties. Yes. 80s classic, The Pirate Movie. Fuck yeah, it is. Uh, That's I, the name of it. It's, it's called The Pirate Movie. It's based on Pirates of Penzance, but it's super 80s. I uh, I watched five minutes and went, oh no. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so excited. I am covering the Scientology masterpiece, Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Uh, John, you're taking... The Last Airbender. Last Airbender. The, oh, the movie that almost cost me the computer I was watching it on. <laughs> Uh, and then Ryan is still undecided, but Ryan will be coming back next week to join us because I didn't want to torture a guest with having to watch all these fucking horrible movies. Uh, but Ryan has just been, he's, he's like a kid in a candy shop and he keeps sending me like, I want to do this one. No, it's not bad enough. Oh, I want to do this one. No, it's not bad enough. But he said he'd decide today or, but not in time for me to record this episode. Maybe by the next one. You'll find out soon. <laughs> so thank you, Graham, for coming back out. Of course. Uh, thank you for coming on next week to fill in for Emily, who unfortunately can't be with us next week. i got to watch Indeed. dudes hit each other with sticks. It's yeah. a thing. It's kind of too bad. I was really looking forward to see your take it's on so Valeria. so homoerotic mm. the way you just said it. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's one of uh, Tom Hardy. <laughs> is, he wearing a, is he wearing a mask? I hope so. <laughs> He's wearing an armor, so yes. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> All right, so thank you, everybody, and bye. 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 bye.